0: Hey guys, it's your girlfriend Tess. Welcome to episode eleven. Oh my gosh. Um, I actually originally recorded this um episode eleven on eleven eleven. Um unfortunately it is now eleven twelve because I'm re-recording it again. Um my voice just, you know, well obviously, obviously it's kind of annoying, but it was even more annoying yesterday. So I just couldn't get I just couldn't get it. And um yeah, so we're doing it again. So, um, before we go into our more um fun stuff, I guess, we're still staying in that kind of eerie bit because um I was supposed to record this this episode um by Halloween time. Did I? No. I've had back to back parties at my house. Um, not like Not like Ragers, okay. It was like a kid party and like a Halloween family party. Um, but I hosted them and I'm always doing the most. And I just spend every hour like decorating and just making it perfect. And it's all about the details and cleaning. And um, it just gets bonkers. And if you have kids and if you do like Pinterest kid parties, uh, like I do, then you understand (laughs) it's a lot of time. Um, But yeah, and then on top of that, obviously, just doing the regular work and then um, school and then one kid started school kind of again. And then, um, oh, yeah, then my kids got nasty, like a nasty sickness, I think, just from being around other kids for the first time in a long time, um, which I guess is a good thing kind of. Um, So (laughs) I know their immune system is working still. Um, so cleaning up vomit, spent the night cleaning up vomit, but then after a day, they were fine. So all is well in the household, in case you're wondering. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are staying healthy and mentally healthy. This election there, that was another thing happening. Tell me this election isn't just bonkers, right? Um, so whatever side you're on, I don't want to get political, but I hope that you're being respectful to each other. And you're being kind to yourself and forgiving and just giving yourself the extra chocolate or maybe skipping the day at the gym. I skipped a day at the gym last week. I skipped a whole week last week um, just because I was kind of mentally stressed. Um, And back at it this week, though, so it's all good. Um, So, yeah, now, as I'm currently speaking, it is Thursday, and that means we're almost to Friday hooray for that. Um, but I do want to finish kind of our spooky session that we have going on here. Um, so before we get into why the holidays make us horny, which is next week, (laughs) because holidays do, right? Okay. We'll talk about that next week. Sorry. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, we have to finish this week. So, um, if you have anxiety or whatever, um, and don't really like, uh, more spooky, I'm not saying this is like super spooky, but it might, it might scare you a little bit. Um, then just don't listen to this episode and catching back here next week for why the holidays make us morning. But if you're interested, um, then hang around and I have, uh, we're going to do it in two, two segments here. Okay. So today's episode, welcome to today's episode, episode 11, it's called dream, a little dream. Um, I was definitely excited to make this episode because dreaming is something that is so close to my dear heart. Um, I am just, I don't know, maybe it's an active imagination. Maybe I'm just a weirdo. I don't know, but I have had very vivid dreams, um, starting from the age of 14, um, and to today. And, uh, like insane. And most people forget their dreams, um, or at least forget most of the dream. Um, I can recall almost all of my dreams and, um, whether it's scary or not, or just really random, like I can recall them, which is kind of, uh, I guess it's kind of like a unique, um, (laughs) little bit to me. I'm just so special. What can I say? Um, but, uh, okay. This first part is it's talking about when I was 14, this, this kind of started. Um, so, uh, let's go throw back, throw back. Here we go. 2004. Um, I, I was like, um, I don't know if you remember the days of like, you know, childhood and, and junior high and high school. And, um, you know, you would come home and take a nap after school. Well, I had done just that. Um, I come home taking a nap. (laughs) And of course it's like six o'clock when I wake up, you know, and I lived in a tiny little house. Um, and I, I get up and I go out to the living room and, um, I like, I see my mom, we're just talking, but that feeling, if you haven't listened, excuse me, there we go. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, listen to that first. Um, but that feeling that I had explained in that episode, um, where I got this feeling of kind of, um, like being drugged or (laughs) that's like the best way I could describe it. Like when you go to the dentist or have a surgery or something and they give you like, um, uh, drugs to like put you under, I got that feeling come over me, but it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a warm sensation. And then I couldn't, uh, keep my eyes open and I, I instantly became so, so tired, but since I, my, my room is so close, I just kind of like, was like, my mom's like, are you okay? And I was like, Whoa. And I kind of just like fumbled into my room and my bed is like right at my door. Um, like I said, a tiny house, it's, it's not far at all. And so I made it there and I, I just barely fall onto my bed. And, um, I, I'm instantly in a dream, but while I'm in this dream, I also can smell the smell of my mom's making dinner. I could hear them. My light is on because I was already awake, you know, and, um, I knew that I was dreaming, but even so I started to have this, um, dream, I guess this dream or a vision or whatever. Um, I couldn't wake myself up. So I'm, I'm having this, this dream. Um and I'm in a classroom and I'm writing on an overhead projector, like those ones that used to have, at least they used to be in my school, um, that they would write on and then they would project the image so you could take notes or whatever. Um and I had a red marker and I wrote the word no. And as I did that, a um like a male child from the students that I went like in front of leaps out at me and like starts to like p- pull at me and it's making this horrible, like, um, like sound. And it's like giving me these feelings of like, I'm you're going to die. Like I'm going to kill you. But it was kind of like not saying it, but just giving me the feeling of it saying it to me, like, um, uh, speaking to me telepathically, I guess. And I, immediately, obviously I'm freaking out and I am trying to wake myself up because I know that I'm just dreaming. Um, but I can't scream and I can't, you know, get my mom. And there's a hole that opens up on the side of my bed between my closet and and my bed. And this thing starts to try to like pull me and it's trying to drag me into this hole, like into hell. And obviously, um, I, I don't, I can't, don't know anything else to do. Um, so I, I began to do what any other person would do and just start praying. (laughs) You just start praying for Jesus girl to come get you. Um, and I did, I just started praying and I, obviously, I, I think we talked about this. Um, it was like the very, a very, uh, expected step. I did grow up really Christian. Um, so I'm not, um, a, I'm not, um, like new to praying, you know, um, Uh, so I, yeah, I just began praying like, okay, God help me. (laughs) Just, just come, Jesus take the wheel right now, please dear God. I'm about to go to hell in my bedroom (laughs) and I I'm trying, I'm trying with everything I can to like, hold on to my mattress. This thing is pulling the shit out of me and I'm trying to grab onto the other end of my mattress and hold it, um, and keep myself from falling into this thing. And the moment that I give up was kind of like, um, things go slow motion, you know? And I, these feet, these like bare feet appeared and it was like, came with this crazy light. Like I feel if I were to have my eyes actually open at that time that I could have been blinded by how bright it was. Um, and at that same moment, that thing that was kind of just trying to pull me, um, that demon, (laughs) that demon or whatever that it was, I was trying to pull me into that hole. Um, it let go and it like screamed in fear like away and it just disappeared. And then that hole closed up and like, I just, like I said, I just grabbed the feet and then it was like back to fast motion again, hit my head on the side of the wall, my mattress completely flipped and I woke up and my mattress was turned off of my bed frame. Like I, I really did what really was fighting this thing. And I obviously, I was just crying like how scary, but maybe it doesn't sound so scary. Maybe it does. I it was scary to me and I was just bawling my eyes out. And so I go to my mom and I'm like, mom, I, I, I think the devil tried to take me right now, you know, and I'm crying and And I was like, Jesus, I think think Jesus saved me. I don't know. And, um, which kind of sounds ridiculous now, you know, doesn't it? Um, the movie doesn't. Uh, Um, so (laughs) she, this is her response. This is my mom's response. They're, they're not, um, my poor mom. She, she is not. And her family was never like into anything supernatural and anything supernatural. Just consider the devil. Anything supernatural is the devil. You know, horoscopes, the devil, right? Every, everything is the devil. Um and, and she tells me, You need to stop watching scary movies. This bitch tells me that I need to stop watching scary movies. I never seen a scary movie when anybody's getting fucking dragged to hell, okay? I've seen Jeepers Creepers at that point. Scary. Scary, right? Um but not scary like dragging me to hell scary. Um so that was the first time. Um, so two years, two years go by, and it is it's torment. i I cannot I cannot sleep um, in at all, I'm afraid to go to bed. I'm afraid to turn the lights off. um I'm afraid to be alone. And uh, every single time that I dream, it is always something really scary trying to to take me to get me to to pull me to hell to you know um now what's even creepier check this out okay my sister um like this isn't at the same time this is actually several years before in a different bedroom we at this point when I was 14 and I had this first stream her and I were actually sharing a bedroom but when we were younger um she was in her own room and I shared a bedroom with my younger sister um so when we were younger, I think she was probably like 7 or 8. Um we couldn't find her in the morning. It was like a full panic. Like so we live in a really small house, there's only so many places you could be. And we ended up finding her in her closet. And she had a very similar story where she had said that the devil tried to take her through her closet. So um i maybe it was just my imagination, like remembering that story. I don't know. I never really thought about it after that. And my, and I actually never really knew uh, exactly what was going on after that because my parents had had, um, like her bless in the house. Bless my sister had started acting really, really weird and strange. Um, but when, when she was in a room with me, she started changing again. And we thought, you know, I, mean, I think maybe my parents just thought she just needed to be around, you know, around someone and not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, she was completely fine after that and never spoke of that again, never happened again. Um, and never happened to me either. So not until like I said, not until that one random day, um, when I was 14 and then two years following that, I said, it was like living in hell. And, um, when I tried to talk to my mom about these horrible night terrors, I was having cause she was like, why are you sleeping in the living room or sleeping in the living room with the TV on? Um, and, and I, if I slept in my bedroom, I had to sleep with the light on and my sister, it just drove her crazy because she needs to be like in the dark. And, um, so I would only sleep like during the day and I would just take naps. I would stay up at night and I was just felt more safe falling asleep, like in the sunshine. And I, it was horrible. Um, so, um, when I tried to talk to my mom about it, she, kind of put it off and she didn't really want to acknowledge that like anything possibly supernatural could be happening to me when even at the age I definitely felt like something was wrong um but she did give me some advice which maybe it was good or bad and I come to find out later way later um as an adult like just just a few years ago um okay, well, maybe like eight years ago, when she told me about this, but I was an adult when she told me uh, about, uh, some instances that happened with her. And I was wondering why wouldn't you have related to me then and helped me if, um, my mom, I guess had had a really hard time with some type of haunting or personal haunting when she was younger. And, um, where like objects would be flying in her room and she would, um, see things and they had to have like her blessed and her house blessed and all of this stuff. Like I told you, my grandpa was a minister. So he knew like all of these really high ups in the Christian world. Um, so yeah, I was shocked when she said that because every single time I had tried to talk to her as a kid, about what I was going through, or, you know, she just really avoided it. And I think maybe she avoided it because it just made her nervous and scared. But she did tell me that the devil can put thoughts in your head and dreams in your head, but he cannot read your mind. So it's up to you what you want him to think about you. Do you want him to know you're scared? And I always thought about that like so I if I cried or we I would I would say out loud like I'm crying because this is making me cry but never because of something that I was scared about like a dream I was scared about or if if I turned the lights on because I was so scared from a dream I would be like oh turning the lights on cuz I'm trying to find something and I would actually say it out loud because I thought that the devil could hear me and I didn't want him to think that he was getting to me or that, you know, like maybe he would just give up if he didn't think that it was working all of his efforts. When if it really was a devil, believe me, those efforts were scaring the fucking shit out of me. Um so this goes on for two years. Now I'm sixteen and every single year I had gone to a summer camp, which happens to be a summer camp I end up working at and getting fired from. But that's a whole other thing. Maybe we talked about that. I don't know if we have that or not. Um but as a kid, I went to the summer camp. I actually loved it so much. And I had gone there from, um, sixth grade, um, through, um, right after high school graduation. And I absolutely loved it. Um, so I'm at camp a summertime and randomly, um, this, uh, my counselor, she was like talking to me and she was like, Hey, like, you know, um, let me see you after, let me see you meet with you after, um, like we have lunch. So I'm like, okay. And so I walked down to this table, she told me to meet her after lunch and I'm like, hi, you know, and I'm like, maybe she like hates me cause I'm loud and annoying. Um, and she's trying to get me in trouble, you know, or something, but she just asked me, um, like, do you have dreams? And I kind of, that kind of shocked me a little bit. And, I said, yeah. And I was kind of scared to talk about it because I was always on my best behavior, especially, and I'm a people pleaser. And especially like at camp and church camp and stuff like that. I don't want people to think that, um, you know, that I'm weird (laughs) or that I'm not connected to God or something. And I want to be like a good example. And, um, you know, be on my best behavior and just be like, try to be a positive light, you know? And I always was like that. I never, it was always, even, um, even at the time that I had like committed suicide, I was always trying to, um, it was an inward battle. You know, I never, I never wanted people to carry my burdens for me. I just wanted people to, um, to benefit from me like me being a a, you know an uplifting type of person so I was nervous when she had said this because I was afraid to tell her and kind of scare her or tell her like hey girl like just so that you know I yeah I had these dreams only fucking one time did supposedly God ever show up the rest of the times I just cried and sweated my ass awake and prayed myself awake and nothing ever came to save me and uh I ended up telling her the truth because I didn't want to lie to her. And, um, surprisingly it didn't, it didn't set her back. She just said, um, well, have you ever heard the story of the footprints in the sand? And, um, like I said, I grew up super Christian. My grandparents in the house that they lived in when I was growing up, had, had the footprints in the sand story in the bathroom downstairs. Um, And I responded, yeah, of course, you know, and, and if you haven't heard that story, maybe I will try to find it. Um, it's a very, it's a very common story. There are a few renditions, but it's basically like this man, um, is being shown pictures of his life, um, and, and clips through his life, right. Times of his life. And as he's seeing these times in his life, he's watching a pair of footprints in the sand. And near next to his are, are God's walking with him and God's showing him that he was walking with him through, um, his life, but he had a question for God because there was hard times that, um, he went through, but there was only one footprint and he was thinking, well, God, where were you in those hard times when I needed you? And God said, that's the time that I carried you and after she had said you know have you heard the story of the prince in the sand i said yeah and i was kind of getting where she was going with it and she explains herself like well the one time that you gave up and you fell out of your bed um and you didn't know what else to do that's when god saved you and since you knew that if you kept praying like those feet would come after you. Kept having those dreams and you kept praying, even though the feet didn't come, you woke yourself up. You helped yourself because that's God in you. God doesn't need to show himself to you when you have faith and you know he's there. And that is God in you. So it all kind of clicked for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's amazing. This is so great, you know? And I felt empowered, like, yeah, you're right, you know? And, um, After that, the dreams started changing and they went from being like these scary dreams, trying to scare me and, you know, tell me they're going to take me to hell and kill me and how horrible I am to, um, trying to trick me. Um, and it would be like a situation, for instance, one of them that really sticks out for me a lot was, um, I walked across the street, um, in, this is one of the dreams that I had. And I always play this in my mind. This is one of the, one of the ones that really stick out. But um, when it started changing into like this tricking type of dream, I walked across the street and it was my mom there. And my little brother and sister were like playing in the playground. And um, this is obviously when I was a lot younger and they were young. And um, something, my mom was speaking to me And I can't remember exactly what she said, but something, nothing bad, exactly, nothing horrible, but not quite her. It wasn't, it wasn't her and something just felt off. And so I, I just reached out and I, I touched her arm. And as soon as I touched her arm, it was like this, this like shock. Like when you shock someone, when you go down a slide or something and they shock you, it was like that, but like a thousand times in my hand and going up my arm. And as soon as I did, there was something that came like near me, um, like a presence that came near me and it like took over my mouth. Like it like took my mouth over and I, as soon as I felt this like shock moment, um, I felt simultaneously this, like something taking over my mouth and I began to press my hands together, like kind of coming into like a clap position or like a prayer position, I guess. Um, and I began to squeeze them together. And as I began to squeeze them together, I just kept repeating um, and I'm listening to it and it's my mouth saying it, but it's like something is like possessing me to say it. And it is like a chant kind of, um, a prayer or a chant, but it's in another language that I understand. And I keep doing it until this entity that wasn't actually my mom turns into dust
1: in my hands
0: and falls into the ground and then over the ground. I say another like prayer or chant, and the dust falls into a hole into the ground and closes up. Um, And it took, how do I explain it? To do that, while I'm doing that, the entity is fighting me. So this thing that was really intending to be my mom is trying to choke my words out, prevent my words, these words that are not even my own in this weird language coming out um trying to prevent them from coming out of my mouth and i have to fight and i have to um use a lot of energy and it would take so much energy out of me like when i woke up i would just be like exhausted (laughs) and it it went on like that for a few years um all these always this Like trick trickery, always, always this, you know, weird circumstance that just felt a little off that I knew something was not right and always a a weird language. And when I first woke up, I would know this language. Right. And I would be like, yeah, like, okay, I remember it. I'll remember this. And then of course I forget and I just know that it happened, but I, I can't remember what the words were. And I was talking to um, a friend of mine. Um, this, this goes on into adulthood. And I'm talking to a friend of mine, and I was an adult and, um, in my early 20s. And he had said, Hey, well, you should like put a pad of paper and like a pen. If you remember when you wake up, like write it down. And so I'm like, Yeah, you're so smart. <laughs> so I write these words down. When I first wake up, I remember these chunks of this phrases. And I write them down and this is now in my early twenties. Okay. And I couldn't really make sense of it. I tried different spellings. I was like, "Ah, I don't really understand. And obviously I'm not only a bad speller, but this is another language, you know, like, and something I've never even heard before. And I, um, so I just, I say it into, um, a Google search, how I hear it. And as I say it to try to figure out what language this is, um, it comes up and it's Sanskrit and which is like a language I have never heard ever. And what is so crazy, and this is what kind of really gets, gets me. And this is where we're going to end this first segment here. What's so crazy is that what's, the transition, um, or I'm sorry, what the translation was of the words that I had looked up in Sanskrit were correlated with what I was actually doing. Um, and it was casting out demons. Um, so my job, right? So there's others, uh, the rest that goes with that, but that's, that isn't scary shit, um, to me. So that's what kind of made me think, Maybe I'm not just having weird, like, wh- how would I have known another language while I slept? This is what kind of got me thinking. And maybe if you guys have ideas, let me know. And if this has happened to you, let me know. <laughs> I know people speak like, you know, different languages, they're learning in their dreams and whatever, um, even though they thought they forgot it, but something that you've never heard before uh, that seems a little weird, you know? So that kind of opened the door for me to maybe there is past lives. Maybe there are like different types of, um, forces in the world that we just really can't understand, um, as easy as black and white. So that's going to do it for that one. Um, yeah, let me know what you think. Um, second part here. Okay. So fast forward a few years now, this dream was the first I had of its nature. I had never had a dream about, well, I had a dream about like being like killed, but I had never had a dream about dying. And then what it was like on the other side of that. And that's exactly what happened to me when I was about 25 or so. Um, and yeah, so here it goes. It was 24, 25. Um, so it was either a little before or a little bit after I had that encounter dream that is in the previous episode um, or that encounter encounter. <laughs> so if you want to hear about that, I'll listen to that um, episode before this. But anyways, here we go. So I am about 24, 25 years old. I had a dream that um, I woke up in my grandma's old house now what was weird about this was that i woke up in the upstairs guest bedroom um not that weird that's where i would sleep when i would stay there but i i knew at that time that i was 30 years old and i knew that my grandma did not live there anymore and this is when i was not 30 yet so this was like uh, excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I moved my coffee. Okay, so this is not when I was 30 years old. This is like a feeling that I had that I was that age. Um and um I knew that my grandma did not live there anymore, so I thought it was weird that I was seeing this bedroom, you know? And it kind of threw me off a little bit. And it was exactly, everything was exactly how it was. And when I was growing up there and the last I knew how, you know, how it looked. And when I looked at the window, I seen a a lady sitting there and she was this kind of face, um, that I recognized and it was, um, my auntie Gail. Um, she was one of the first people that I had known to pass. But if you've known anyone that passes, you'll understand this, that you kind of forget someone died. If you've ever dreamed about them or thought about them. And then you remember it a little later, it's kind of what happened. So I was like, Oh, first happy to see her. And then I was like, Oh wait, (laughs) you're dead girl. (laughs) You know, (laughs) what the fuck am I dead? And she told me that I had died um, giving birth to my third child and um, that it wasn't because of the birth, but it was because I had had breast cancer. Um, and I didn't know about it. Um, and she had died from breast cancer. So she, I don't know if that was just like a special to her, a special, um, I don't know. Maybe that's why she was there. (laughs) She said she was there to help me and that we were going to be leaving. And I, obviously I'm very distraught about this. I'm so sad. And she's just like, I'm like, well, what happened to my baby? No, your baby's fine. Like you're there, you know, don't worry about it. And, um, we all die, you know, and it's okay. And don't, don't be sad. Like it's, you know, it's going to be a little bit hard, but we're going to get through it and we all do it and I've done it and it's all right. So I was like, uh, okay. Like what choice do I have at this point? You know, I'm done. And so I get up and i go down the hallway. And then I sense these two, um, like Hispanic teenage girls. And I'm like, what is that? And she said, but I can't see them. And she said, uh, well, that's who live here. Like, as like when you died and like, so what's, what's currently there, that energy that's there, but you can't see them because what you can see is only what you remember. Um, so you could feel that their energy, but you can't see them. Right. <laughs> And as I'm going to the staircase, um, the master bedroom, um, we're passing by it and my grandma has her, her, um, gospel music on and she's getting ready in her bathroom like she did when I was growing up. And I asked her, um, you know, oh, by the way, um, my grandma is still alive, but in my dream, she was dead. And also my dad, um, was still alive when I had this dream. Um, but in my dream, he was also dead. Um, anyways, when I was leaving, I said, well, are we going to, why is she here? Are we going to take her? And she said, no, because she just wants to stay here. She refuses to let anyone come and get her besides your grandpa. Um, my grandpa had died by the way, side note, um, when I was very young and I said, well, is he going to come get her? And she said, no, that we tried to tell her that he is not here anymore, that he is in a different place that he can't come back here not, not that way anymore. Not as gym anymore. So I was like, okay. And she's kind of explaining that you go through like a process of forgetting, of forgetting, um, like your life, I guess. Um, when you transition, what she said. transition. So I don't know what that means like transition into like a star into a new person. I don't know. Um, into heaven but to be with God. I don't fucking know. Um, but I asked her, well, like, why are you still here? And she said that she, um, was, uh, like a guide and, um, she helps people like that. That's what she does. So she has transitioned to a new level, but she's at a different level and a level where like, she just comes back and helps people and she doesn't have that form anymore, but she took on that form. Because she knows that I remember that, so I'm like, okay, um, and hopefully that makes sense. It made sense to me at the time, and it still kind of does. So I try to get my grandma to leave. I, I still went in and tried. I'm like, well, grandma, like, let's go, and she's like, no, I'm waiting here. And I try to explain to her, and she's like, oh, don't be ridiculous, darling, and just how my grandma usually is, her stubborn self, and. Um, I asked if we can just take her. And she said, no, because we have free will always here in death and in life. So I had to leave her. Um, And so I go downstairs and we go out the front door and there's a man there. She said, your dad's been waiting for you. And then, but there's this, this man there, an Indian man on a horse. (laughs) And I was like, "Um, that's not my dad. (laughs) And then this man talks to me and yeah, it is. It's my dad. And I asked him, why, why does he look like that? And he said that when he had died, that he was buried on the side of a mountain and that, uh, an Indian came and got him and, um, helped him transition and that that's how he feels strong. So that's what he looks like. So I was like, okay. And so we start to walk he says we have to go face down my demons and take care of some business and i knew where we were going we were going to go to my childhood home which background that's the same house that this this streaming kind of all started but i left when i was 17 after a fight with my mom i didn't think that i would be gone and never come back but that's what happened I eventually did make up with my mom just so that, you know, we're still, we're fine now, but she had moved houses and everything at that point, And I, I never, I never got to get my things. I just took what I needed and I came back once for some extra clothes and that was it on my car and then live with my ex-boyfriend and yeah, all that. It's just crazy. <laughs> uh, so maybe I think that's why we started there because I had to like kind of find closure and As we were going there, um, we had to walk and I noticed that like everywhere I look around, it looks exactly like it does, um, when you're alive, (laughs) uh, the only thing that's different is kind of like your senses are muted. Um, I should say your five senses, like, or whatever you're, we have more than five senses truly, but the senses that you have when you're alive are kind of muted, Um, But other senses are really heightened and you can like see people and like energies that normally during the day that you couldn't see that were there Um, or during your, during the day, I should say during your wake, you know, your alive life, (laughs) your earth life. And um, everywhere you go, you have to, there are some vehicles, um, I don't know how they got them, but they were explaining that we have to kind of walk. And everywhere you go is like long distance journeys um, because you have to travel by foot. Um, there are some pathways, though, that have like energy um, lines that kind of like could zoom you to the next place. Um, and those are only places that you would frequent and that you remember well um, during your like waking life that you traveled a lot of times during, and you are like an energy print like footprint there that you could use to m- make traveling faster. Um, so yeah, we show about that front of my old house and I get really nervous to go and I get scared. And I asked my dad if he's going to go with me. And, um, he, you know, he says that he can't because, um, I have to do this on my own, but he says, when you go in there, they're going to try to take your voice from you. They're going to try to stop you from from speaking he's like and if they do and they take your voice from you say in your head that the light inside you always overcomes the darkness around you just repeat it in your head you have to say it in your head even if they take your voice from you so I walk in the house all normal I walk make a right and I open the door to my bedroom it looks exactly like I left it exactly how I left it The same comforter on the bed, the same pictures on the walls, exactly how I left it. Um, And then something comes up from behind me and like puts its hands around my throat and then my mouth. And it prevents me from speaking and it takes like the air out of me. And so I just, I start to panic, but then I start saying the light inside me always overcomes the darkness around me. And I just keep repeating it until the walls of the bedroom and the entire house just fall down. And they make a path all the way, like a clearing falls all the way to the river and then I'm free to go. And so I walk out, my dad's waiting for me and he's like, we have another place to go. And we go to my parents' house that they live in now currently. And when I go in there, it's like my whole family um, was there together and they were saying, you know, how sad they were. And I, I could, I could hear them and I could see them. Um, even though it's not something that like I remembered and I asked, well, why can I hear them and see them if it's not, if I wasn't there for it and it's an energy field. I don't know how to explain it. My dad said, um, but you can sometimes, and you can see this, you know, And so I just, everyone is crying and they're sad and I don't want to be there. You know, I can't, I can't change it. I can't be like, Hey, I'm right here. I'm okay. And you know, they, my dad and my aunt Gail explained to me, like, that's one of the worst parts about dying is that you, you can't go back anymore. You can't go and fix something or change something in that realm or in that you know, plane, you can only fix and change things in the plane that I'm currently at. So I just said, okay, well, I just want to go home. And so I go home to my house, my own home. And, um, they said, well, okay, we're going to leave you now and you can stay here or you can go and you have free will and it's up to you. You want to stay, you can stay. If you want to go, you can go. And I wanted to stay because I wanted to be there with my family and my children. And I just couldn't leave. And I decided to stay. And then I woke up. And I was panicked when I woke up. I, I didn't really know if I was panicked or, or what, but I called my dad. I called my dad and I'm like, Dad, I had this crazy dream. And this is before my dad was even sick, right? This is before we even found out that he had stage three throat cancer. It was two years before it. And I asked him like, you know, so I tell him this whole story. I'm like, dad, do you know anybody, any Indians? (laughs) You know, and no, um, but um, fast forward, my dad um, two years later does get get cancer and he does end up dying. And um, at the end of his life, he could no longer speak. Um, It was pretty bad. Um, Just from the multiple surgeries and and such that he had had gone through. And um, he could no longer speak or eat. Um, He had to eat through like a tube and he had to write down everything. Um, So um, he was in a hospice and one of the last things I had said to him as we're waiting these seven days He's not on a ventilator or any life support type of things. He's just waiting to die. Um, one of the things I had said to him while he was like in this sleeping state um, was, Dad, remember what you told me in my dream, that the light inside you always overcomes the darkness around you. And I wrote it down and I put it in his, his pajama. his like his nightgown type of thing on, he had like a little pocket. And I put it in his pocket. And, um, I had wrote, I wrote it in Sanskrit. I don't know, maybe because I had dreams in Sanskrit where I felt like if I could cast out demons and maybe like, maybe this will help my dad. Maybe that like, he could read this after he dies. And I felt like it was really important information. So a little further along, um, it's the day that we bury him. And that morning, um, I have a dream and I'm at a train station and I see my dad, he looks a lot younger. He has like a, a jacket on, like a leather jacket on and, um, these jeans. And then I see my aunt Gail and I see her walking in a certain direction. And I thought, Oh, Oh, okay. Like that's a dead person. So I shouldn't be going in that direction. What other direction should I go in? And I'm trying to figure out how to go. And I realize I, I, I think I'm dreaming. I'm, I'm obviously dreaming here. Um, and so I know that I'm dreaming and I, I go to my dad though. And I see him and I like, Hey dad, um, I, I think I'm dreaming. Like, do you know how to get out of here? how do I wake up? He said, yeah, you go right out those doors right there. And there's a train coming by you get on that train and you know, you'll wake up. And I'm like, okay. Like I start to go to these doors and he looks kind of frustrated and, I ask him, Hey dad, what's wrong? And immediately get a feeling like, I don't want to have to tell him this right now because I don't think that he knows that he died. And he's like, well, I've been trying to get on this train and I can't go, but you could go, I guess, just go try to get on there. That's the way you, that's the way you wake up, but they're not letting me get on anymore. And I explained to him like, dad, you know, you died. And I told him that he was holding on for days and that he eventually passed on. And he was so pissed. He was like, why would you say that? Blah, blah, blah. And I felt really bad, like breaking my heart to tell him. But of course I wanted to be strong. So I was like, dad, it's okay. Like we're all gonna die, you know? And you don't have to worry. Like, obviously if I'm here with you right now, you're not actually dead, dad. It's just your body. So you're still here. Like you're still something you see. It just proof that just your body dies, dad. And look, you can talk now. You're not held back by your, you know, your body anymore. That's the only thing that's gone. And it's going to happen to me and all the grandkids and, and everybody. So there's no, you don't have to worry, you know? And he's like, ah, well, where am I supposed to go then? And I said, well, why don't you go that way? And I pointed the place that all these people that were, um, dead that I knew had died in my life were walking in these random people too. And he's like, what's over there? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know. But I was like, but remember what you told me in that dream that I had of you years ago, that the light inside you always overcomes the darkness around you, whoever you meet, if they try to trick you, if they try to take your voice from you or choke you, or tell you you don't have a voice anymore, you can't speak. Remember that you're not in your body anymore, and you can't. And just say it in your head if you have to, but repeat it because the light inside you always overcomes the darkness around you. And I was like, ah, all right, like, go, like he gave me this motion, like get out of here, you know. And so I did. I, I walk out to this platform and. As soon as I start to approach it, the train has like a whistle coming down by it. As soon as it goes by me, it makes this loud whistle sound. I wake up and it just killed me because I thought my dad didn't know he died. Um, and then it hurt me even more because I go to his funeral and, I'm like, oh, he's with the angels and all this bullshit. And I'm just thinking, like, maybe if that's what you need to believe and maybe, you know, but like I think that there there's more than just that. And maybe I just have a wacky imagination, like my mom said, maybe I just watch too many scary movies and it just, you know, have this overactive brain, um, in my subconscious, but I don't think so. And we bury my dad and when we bury him, we bury him on the side of a mountain. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like that's what he told me what happened to him in the dream I had before he was even sick and how he made it really adamant that they'll try to take your voice from you. And when he died, he didn't have a voice. So I don't know. Maybe he is the person that needed to hear that. Maybe he, maybe time isn't just a line. And maybe he's one that gave me that dream so that I could help him um, and give him the information that he needed. Who knows? I don't know. But that's going to do it. This is an extra long episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope that someone out there has had some kind of similar experiences, um, maybe in dreaming or visions or something. Um, you know, that has happened to them, even a haunting. I don't know. I just want to hear, um, there's a lot in our universe that we can't always explain. Um, and we can't always chalk it up to just wild imaginations. Now can we, um, so (laughs) with all of that heaviness being said next week, we're going to talk about why the holidays make us horny. And that's how we just switch it up. You like that? You like that there Uh, a little gas break, you know, little gas break gas break dude you know i know, not you know what I'm talking about um so yeah so that that's that and um that will conclude today's episode 11 dream a little dream this has been your girlfriend Tess